Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. Before we begin our episode for the week, I want to let you know that I have two stories in this episode. The second story is a story of a possession. If you do not feel comfortable listening to this type of content, I totally respect that. Please skip it. Understand that if you or a loved one has been in a similar situation, it may trigger past memories or experiences. I also run into Mix in the Dark supporters all the time. I remember an interesting conversation with a listener who said she thinks her deceased mother does not want her to listen to my podcast because every time she turns it on, whether it be on her phone, the TV, in her car, etc., her technology would just stop working. And then when she turns on other podcast stations, her technology would function normally again. Her mother has always been protective of her. So, in short, this person loves my stories but is physically unable to listen. Some of these stories have extra listeners when I am recording, and sometimes I feel one or two entities behind me, like right now, while telling these stories. And then when I'm done, they kind of just disappear. I don't sense them anymore. When I take breaks or change my story themes to something a little less scary and a lot more lighthearted, it's because I'm trying to clear the air. So please don't hate me if I have less scary stories here and there, or if I take breaks here and there. I also have to keep myself sane. Thanks again for your support. Please enjoy. Story 1 I'm not sure what kind of story this is, and I also don't know where to start. At the time, I was living with my in-laws in this house located in Brooklyn Park. There were some times around the house where I would hear footsteps above our room. Above us was my brother-in-law's room. He was never there. Whenever I sleep, our door would open and I would feel like someone is outside of the door looking at me. Our hallways were extremely dark. I would always see something white or blurry at the end of the hallway, but I would always try to ignore it. I always felt like whatever this thing is was always trying to get to me. I guess it found an opportunity. It was Father's Day in 2016. That was also the year I got married to my husband. My husband wanted to go fishing for Father's Day, so we got on our boat and took it to a lake in Minnesota. All was well until my husband decided to speed up the boat for fun. It was so fast, and this was my very first time on a boat, so it scared me. Eventually, we got stopped by one of the patrols on the lake for driving so fast and received a ticket for not having a life jacket. Little did I know, this boating incident scared me so much that it weakened my spirit. For whatever reason, there was this one day where I just could not stop thinking about my grandma and about how much I missed her. It has now been a year after my grandma passed. This made me extremely sad the entire day. I also happened to be working the third shift. My husband worked the second shift. I worked as a nursing assistant. I was at my shift, sitting at the end of the hall by myself, charting patient information like normal. When I started to hear Mongkutsia, or chanting, it slowly echoed through the hall like someone was walking and chanting. I couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from. This was the middle of the night and everyone was sleeping, 
I remember that we did not have any Hmong patients on the floor either. I was trying to tune it out and told myself that it was nothing. All of a sudden, it started to get cold, so I got freaked out and decided to go sit with the rest of the staff. I didn't tell them anything because, one, I would sound crazy as hell, and two, I wouldn't know how to explain why Hmong chants are so scary-sounding to us Hmong folks. Nothing else happened after. When I drove home that night, I felt this strange feeling or energy around me. Again, I tried to tune it out and told myself that I needed to be strong and not afraid so that it could not feed off my fear. I finally got to the intersection of a street, meaning that home was close. There was a railroad on my left where I would turn and cross. I waited at the red light like usual. Just then, I felt a pressure on top of my arms and hands. The traffic light turned green and my arms were stuck. It was like someone wrapped their arms around my arms and wouldn't let me move. My arms were stiff. I couldn't move them anymore. Whatever was holding my arms would not let go. I worked up the courage to look in the rearview mirror to see if there were anything behind me. I couldn't see anything. For some reason, I started to scream and shout until I finally broke free. When I got home, I immediately went to my husband to sleep next to him. He was still sleeping, so I didn't want to wake him to tell him just yet. He eventually went to work, so I decided to drive to my brother's house to sleep next to my sister where I felt the most safe. Seeing that I was terrified of something, my older sister decided to tie a string on me to calm me down. Our parents lived out of state, so when something happens, we only have each other. Even though my older sister did not know what she was doing, she knew that tying a string on me would ease my fear and bless me that day from whatever scared me. I took a 30-minute nap before my shift. I went to work and things seemed normal. When I came home, I told my in-laws and they did a hoopli ceremony for me to call back my spirits. They asked if we did anything to scare me. I thought of the boat incident, but I was scared to get in trouble, so I didn't tell them. Eventually, my in-laws called my parents and they found out about the boating incident. I had a thought that this thing probably tried to imitate my grandma when I was working my third shift because, now that I think of it, my grandma used to sing Katia all the time. That was definitely not my grandma, though. This is not a possession story. However, it's scary to think that whatever that thing was, was able to control parts of my body at one point. I don't know if the hoopli ceremony fixed anything, but we eventually moved out of that house and I no longer experienced anything paranormal. Story 2 My youngest brother and my sister-in-law did not take religion or God very seriously. His wife's family was the same way. The mother-in-law and her siblings were just kind of whatever. They did what they wanted and did not have a religion to follow. Although this was the case for most of her family members, her father was devoted to shamanism and the old ways. Her youngest brother was, from lack of words, a thug wannabe, I guess you can say. He dressed and acted like he was part of a gang, but really, he was harmless. He was a nice kid who had no direction in life, and as a result, he was in his 20s, unemployed, and not going to school. His mom often gave him money. 
All he did was party and do recreational drugs like meth, pot, and various alcohols. We'll call this kid Pao for the sake of this story. Pao went down to Arkansas to visit a cousin. His only plans while being there were to party. At some point though, Pao did something really dumb. He said, God, if you are real, let me see ghosts. Soon after, Pao started to feel paranoid. He felt eyes on him all the time, and eventually he thought someone was out to kill him. He conveyed stories like things would move when he was alone in his bedroom, objects actually levitated and moved in front of him, lights would flicker, and his alarm clock would act funny. Pao later said he wasn't sure why, but whatever it was seemed to have control over electricity. And I know what you're thinking, but it was not the drugs. One day, things got really bad for Pao. We think that he became full-blown possessed. He flipped out, he was screaming and cursing, he was talking in a voice not his own. The family called my brother and sister-in-law. When my brother got there, Pao looked crazy. My brother said his eyes were black, the whites had disappeared. Pao's jaw even jutted out like a guy turning into a werewolf. It was right out of a horror movie. My brother and Pao's older brother tried to hold him down, but they couldn't do it. Both of them were bigger and stronger than Pao. But when Pao was in this state, he was stronger than both of them. The family was able to get a hold of a Hmong pastor. The pastor prayed for Pao. The pastor was young and had never experienced anything like this before. Even he was afraid. Eventually, though, after a lot of prayers, Pao calmed down a bit. The family took him to the hospital. They gave Pao sedatives to knock him out. That night, they left Pao at the hospital. My brother's in-laws came home alone. The kids who lived there were too scared, so they went to stay with their oldest sister. The father, who is really a bright man, rational and clear thinking, wasn't sure what to think anymore. He thought maybe Pao was just high on meth or some other drug. That night, the mother went into Pao's room to turn the lights off. His bedroom door slammed shut on her, locking her in. After a few terrifying seconds, she was able to open it. The father was unable to sleep all night. Several times, he said he saw shadows passing through the adjacent rooms. The next day, he went to work. He began emailing his older brother and describing the events of the previous day. Suddenly, his office smelled like rotten flesh. He gagged. He said he finished his email and came home early. When he got home, the same smell permeated in his house. The mother did not smell anything. The father knew that this was not drugs. He said he actually got angry. All of his life he respected and worshipped the ancestors faithfully, and he is as knowledgeable with Hmong traditions as others. He cursed at whatever evil spirit was doing this to him and his family. He questioned why it would scare his family like this rather than bless them and prosper them. The smell remained. Even though he had never gone to church before, he said that it was that moment that he called out to God, saying, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, leave now. The odor instantly left. My brother and sister-in-law were scared. They remained scared for months after. Slowly that evil they saw turned their fear into faith. They came to Christ together. They were baptized together. 
They continued to see shadows and hear things, but through the fear, they prayed and it would go away. Soon, my brother-in-laws all came to Christ, including Pao. It was not easy. The demonic episodes ceased, then stopped altogether. Pao is now a firm Christian. He holds a steady job, he now has direction, and he is an active member of his Hmong church, helping other young men grow closer to Christ. The parents also came to Christ. Their marriage was rocky, but it is amazing to see how God has worked in their lives. They now have a loving marriage. The father transitioned his passion for shamanism to Christianity. He now serves faithfully in the church. This story is not meant to start a religious flame war, but for my brother and his in-laws, they faced the demons. They found true victory in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.